I V M. Welcome everyone to Conversations at Takshashila. I am Pranay and today I have with me Mr. Anand Arni. And uh, on Monday we discussed the military jihadi complex of Pakistan. And we discussed various nodes which exist in the Pakistani military jihadi complex. What are its relationship with between these nodes? What are their objectives? So on and so forth. And today I thought we could continue this conversation and discuss one important node of the military jihadi complex which is in news recently because of what happened in Avantipura and that is the Jaish e Muhammad. So let's discuss on that. Uh, so Mr. Arni, when did JEM get started? Uh, JM came to ex- ex- existence uh, in 2000 after Masood Azhar was released mm-hmm. uh, by us in um, following the um, the hijacking of IC 814 in uh, uh, to Kandahar. Mm-hmm. Once he was released, he went back to Pakistan and uh, the ISI prevailed on him to re- uh, to set up the Jaish e Mahmud, mm-hmm. which consists main uh, consisted at that point mainly dissidents, uh, not mainly uh, elements from the erstwhile Harkatul Mujahideen. Okay, so uh, LET basically is much, much older than the JEM then, right? Because LET starts in the late 80s and JEM is only coming into being in 2000. That's right. Hmm. But uh, LET's roots, if you go back, if you look hmm. at the Harkatul Mujahideen, they're all of them came into existence around the same time. Hmm. This is a... F- this is a continuation of that. There is no... I mean, Harkat, um, Masood Azhar was in Harkat before. Mm, right. So, Huji, one part of Huji sort of becomes uh, yeah. JEM yeah. in 2000. Yeah. Okay. And uh, so, when did Indians first come to know? When did the Indian government came to know about this JEM? Virtually immediately. It came in the press. Uh, it came in the Pakistani press and other places mm. that Masood Azhar had gone back to Bahawalpur and created this new organization. Hmm. Of course, the first thing he did after being released is to get married and then uh, hmm. uh, set up this organization. So I don't, don't don't remember which came first, but okay. uh, that's what he did. So he got married and he formed a uh, formed a terrorist yeah, group. Exactly, okay. he got a job after that. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, first marriage, then job. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. So uh, also now, uh, and they immediately got into action, right? Two thousand one parliament attack is when they were involved. The JEM was involved, right? Um, even I believe even. Uh, Earlier in 2000, mm. I'm not 100% sure of that. In 2000, April, mm. there was an attack on some army barracks in uh, in the valley. I don't remember exactly when. Mm. But 2001, definitely the first attack was on the JNK assembly mm. where they killed 38 people. Mm. This was followed up by the attack in the same year on our parliament where nine people were, were killed. Uh, and those were the two major attacks immediately after the Jaish was created. Right. And... Uh, organizationally, what is the role of this JEM in the entire military jihadi complex according to you? Like, is it focused only on India? Is it like tries to do a global jihad? What are the theatres in which is it, it is involved? At, at the moment, its focus is purely jihad in Kashmir. It is hmm. an organization created to further the ISI's... Uh, I think ISI has taken uh, jihad as part of its global action, I mean, part of its India-focused operations, and this fits into that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, Mr. Arne, one more thing that I always wanted to know, what are sort of the differences between the LET and the JEM, for example, in the way they operate, in whom they comprise of? 
LET has been remarkably monolith, a uh, bit of a monolith right from the start. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was set up, as you know, varying dates, 85, 87, 89. Yeah. And, um, we don't know exactly. It was set up in Kunar in, in Afghanistan. And it has been, uh, I think it's, it's uh, ideological uh, roots are in the Ehle Hadith sect of Islam, mm. which uh, is about 4 to 5% of Pakistan, not more. So it's an obscure sect. Mm. And it was founded by um, this by, by Hafiz Said, who is uh, who speaks Arabic, who taught for some time in, in, in a university in Saudi, but mm. that's, that's the thing. I suspect we, we, we have always been wondering why he was chosen. It's because probably because of his Arabic knowledge, mm. uh, speaking skills and because of the fact that he is a, a powerful orator. Mm. Yeah, and they then Zakir Rahman, Lakwi's outfit, and uh, Afi's Said's outfit all, sort of all combined merged, and then they merged. Come to and they have been uh, together. Mm. There have been no splinter, no major uh, splintering. There has been one uh, instance when they broke up, but they, they've been together all along so far. Okay, and they're remarkably disciplined. Mm. Whereas the um, the JEM has gone through various transform uh, transformation. As I told you, it started as an offshoot of the Huji Huji mm. Harkatul Ansar uh, Harkatul Mujahideen. All those crap. it mm. followed as an offshoot of that. Um, the first major splinter was in 2000 and well, not splinter. They renamed themselves mm. uh, to the to Tehrikal Furkan in uh, 2001 after the US imposed ban mm. following the attack on our parliament. Mm. Then in 2002, they are uh, following Pakistan's ban. They renamed themselves uh, Khudam al-Islam. Mm. 2003, they again changed their name to al Rahma Trust, mm. at which point there seems to have been a breakup in the Talib, in the Jaish e Mahmud. Mm. One group which was loyal to, uh, to, to Masood Azhar, stayed with him and they were rebranded Khudam al-Islam again. Mm. The other group uh, became the Jamatul Furkan mm. and this was uh, led by three guys, Abdullah, Shah Mazar, Maulana Umar Farooq and a third gentleman called uh, Abdul Jabbar. Basically, the three of them disagreed with uh, Masood Azhar's, um, uh, Masood Azhar's policy of, follow- of, of being of taking, you know, being the ISI's handmaiden mm, mm. and broke up. Mm. Interestingly, between the period March to September 2002, mm. there were major developments. Well, the the, the uh, JEM, the, the bigger group, who seemed to be involved in a number of actions um, largely attributable to the Jamatul Furkan, I should think. Mm. One was, of course, attacks in Islamabad, Kara- in Pakistan itself. Okay. Islamabad, mm. Karachi, Murray, um, Bhavalpur, or, uh, you know, on on hitting churches, mm. Shia mosques, and I think uh, in a case they attacked, attempted to attack a diplomatic mission also. There were interestingly there were two attacks on uh, uh, two attempted at- attacks on Musharraf. Hmm. One was on 14 December 05, and the second one was uh, sorry. Um, the second one was 25th 12 of the same time. That's hmm. I know it doesn't fit into that slot of September thing, but what I'm trying to get at is that the major attacks were during that period March to September 02. But hmm. that the there was a group which seemed to be out of control, which continued its operations till about end of 05. Hmm. 
In 05, uh, the dissident group seemed to have been hunted down. Okay. And uh, Masood Azhar was allowed to rebuild. This seems to be purely of the ISI's making because mm. you have a situation where um, they allow were allowed to rebuild rather than smash them when they were down. Mm. And then, of course, um, I'll have to jump to 2016 um, mm. bec- to tell you the sequence of events, what happened. Masood Azhar was arrested in 2016. Um, but uh, and this was after Pathan court. They said he was detained and in fact Rana Sanawala, their, uh, the law minister in Punjab, said announced that he had arrested this mm. man. He was released after the army intervened. Mm. This was also the situation, uh, we must remember Nawaz Sharif came under considerable pressure and uh, from the army right. after ordering a crackdown um, on the on, on this various groups. He, na- he didn't name the judge specifically mm. but on these groups. Following which Rahil Sharif prevailed and we, nobody knows what happened to mm. this group. Mm. In fact, Shabazz Sharif later in the Punjab Assembly said that, you know, whatever the civilian establishment does, the security establishment works behind the scenes and releases it. Okay, that is the situation in the context of the Jaish. You right. talk. So let's come back to this LED and JEM point we were discussing. So uh, one thing that I understood is, for example, there is a very strong line of control between the IS and the LET. Like, LET does not do anything within Pakistan. And in fact, that is their organizational motto. Everything is directed outside uh, Pakistan. Right? Inside, it's uh, only conversion, uh, proselytization, not attacks. But JEM, you said, is slightly different that the line of control between... Uh, the controlling power between ISI and the JEM has not been that strong and, and that's why there was a split and they turned onto Musharraf itself uh, once at least one f- faction did. So that's uh, that is somewhat uh, interesting that how LET and JEM differ. Uh, one more thing is, for example, now LET is being transitioned into a political party. So now one argument is being made, JEM will, the reformed JEM for ISI will be their main handmaiden to do attacks in Pakistan. Do you see any uh, signs of that happening? Uh, one is, of course, the, uh, as I, we mentioned briefly, that uh, the Lashkar is, represents a small um, group of, uh, a small sect, whereas the um, J whereas the JM is is the outfit Deobind, which right. has similarities with the which is the same as the Pakistan Taliban. Hmm. Um, what do I see? How do I see the ISI's policies in this case? I think the ISI links are very strong even hmm. today with the major group. Hmm. But Masood Azhar is no longer Masood Azhar of the past. Mm-hmm. He's sick and he's supposed to be in a, in, in a military hospital. Okay. He's suffering from some kidney trans- kidney problems which requires constant dialysis. Mm. And uh, there is this, uh, his, his anointed successor would be his brother Abdul Rauf, uh, who is uh, Askar, who was behind the hijack mm. and who suspected also to be behind this um, Pulwama he- attack. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, we don't know whether that is to try. I mean, um, there is there is speculation that Rauf is trying to assert himself with the JM, and that is the reason he took uh, recourse to the spectacular operation. 
Right. Uh, what are sort of the links between JM and Huji, etc., the other organizations within Pakistan? And are these guys involved in, say, Afghanistan, etc., as well? Masood Azhar himself has links all over the world. Mm-hmm. He has been known to have been gone to Chechnya, Central Asia, Russian republics, mm-hmm. and spent a lot of time in uh, uh, fundraising in Africa, mm-hmm. parts of Africa. Um, he has himself no experience personal experience of anything, though he does boast that he was involved in operations. Mm. A lot of his cadres have been involved, some of his cadres have been involved in uh, operations in Afghanistan. Mm. They definitely have some prowess mm. in Afghanistan. There was an attack on, uh, there was an attempted attack on our uh, mission in uh, consulate in Mazar-e-Sharif, mm-hmm. attributed to the Jaish. Um, so they have that capability there. And since the Diobandi links are there, they will definitely have com- connections with the uh, Taliban. Mm. But uh, what is the future? I think I'll leave it at that. You will have to ask me the next question now. So, um, Mr. Arne, we were discussing one more thing on the difference between LET and JEM. For example, LET, uh, this idea of suicide attacks, right? Mm. And suicide bombing has been done by JEM and not the LET, right? So there's an organ, uh, what do you call, operational difference as well in how they are. The Lashkar operates, Lashkar has Fidayan operators in its ranks, but Fidayan operators, even though their operations may be suicidal in nature, like happened in Mumbai, there is always a uh, possibility that they could get out, get Mm. out. I mean, it is they don't strap on suicide vests and go. They may undertake operations, they may stay on, and probably there is always, if they succeed in their operation, they can get away. Um, in in the, a sense, they don't uh, die to kill, they kill to die, right? So they need to continue their operations until someone kills them, but or, or not they, explicitly uh, yeah, uh, bombing yeah, themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But hmm. whereas in the Jesh, they go purely as suicide bombers, they hmm. recruit suicide bombers, hmm. and uh, who are prepared to... Who are pa- who are part of the operation? Who who have by necessity to die to perf- uh, to undertake uh, the operation? Hmm. Whereas the Fedayeen attacks are not necessarily to die. It is you may die in the process, but hmm. there is always you don't die. I mean, it's a it's a ideological difference. Hmm. Uh, Fedayeen attacks you don't. Uh, it's not suicidal in nature. Right. Right. It could end up in. You getting killed, killed, but it but is not suicide. The main mode of uh, spreading terror is not by blasting Blast, yourself yes, off. Whereas yes. in JEM's case, that yes. has been the case. Yes, it is more like a special forces, the mm. J, uh, Lashkar. Right. Okay. So that's that was my next question. So we clearly know based on how the LET took out uh, did the twenty six eleven operations that they were they were being trained by the ISI, right? Because they knew how to navigate the seas, come in here and uh, spread terror. So, do similar links uh, have been found between the JEM and the ISI that are they also the special forces wing of the ISI? No, I would think that they're more of a terror organization. Hmm. Um, I, in, the, in the Lashkar's case, I would say they are special forces who use terror. <laughs> in hmm. the Jaisha Mahmud's case, they're purely a terror organization. They okay. don't uh, plan such long... I mean, they don't have uh, uh, special forces capabilities. Okay. But yet the training and all would be done by ISI? Would you think so? Um, difficult to to point a finger exactly where. They were mm. trained in certain training camps and I'm mm. sure uh, early training would have been conducted by um, people with mi- a military background. 
you don't you can't get access to ammunition or uh, explosives or uh, learn how to do this without somebody um, showing you the way but now i think they've probably achieved they 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 probably achieved their own names in the sense that they have their own expertise now mm. their bomber they the um, uh, you know constructing a, a uh, car bomb is not an easy task mm. it needs to explode an impact it needs uh, you you could probably if it doesn't explode an impact you, you know it doesn't serve any purpose so there are supposed to be there are there it's more refined and uh, we haven't seen much of it in india we've seen one and probably two one earlier also mm. again by the jaish mm. but this one is extremely sophisticated and that skill has been perfected by the uh, by the jaish i would again say that they have probably been battle trained or battle hardened mm. in afghanistan They've used learned all these things and refined these skills in afghanistan right hmm. uh, also in this let's come to the pulwama attacks itself now uh, one has jm been successful in sort of getting lot of people from the local kashmiris to join their outfit or mostly it has been the punjabis who come the recruiting base is basically southern punjab hmm. like I, the lat uh, yeah yeah you know southern um, lat is got in the catchment area is more of the uh, um, potohar area okay. that is the pakistan army's catch um, hmm. recruiting base these people are from rahim yar khan and bawalpur and hmm. uh, those those districts of the uh, um, pakistan hmm. um predominantly punjabi maybe a few kashmiris whom they call whom they call kashmiris who are largely mirpuris hmm. um you know mirpur is in yeah. pakistan occupied kashmir now and they 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 though they they uh, overall designation overall phraseology used is kashmiris they don't speak kashmiri right. their their yeah. dialect is a sub sub is a their language is a dialect of punjabi or very close to punjabi yeah. this is the first time we've heard of recruits there have been some recruits in the past mm. um from our our side of the border mm. but this is the first time that you've um, this is the first time that i at least have seen um mm. such large uh, numbers joining i presume it's large numbers because you're looking at to set together something like this you would need about 10 15 people mm. somebody to get hold of cars somebody to get the explosives so that sort of infrastructure it's is presumed there's a there's a cell operating somewhere in our side of the border hmm. okay so uh, i think we should end with one question do you think jm will also follow the path of lat and be sort of positioned as a political outfit sometime soon you are going to push me into an area of guesswork hmm. i will say that much depends on the health of masood azhar hmm. if he succumbs then of course it's over mm. or whatever um transitioning to a political party may not necessarily happen because as i as you know the though the though the lashkar did reasonably well in the last elections their their support base is so limited they 4 to 5% of uh, uh, pakistan whereas mm. this is the obandi group right. and it has a potential to attract people mm. and uh, bawalpur and the southern punjab is an area of some turmoil it's a melting point uh, pot of various uh, sindhis baluchis uh, pathans it's a different and it's cotton growing it's a different type of uh, environment there 
they are not necessarily in tune with the politicians in Lahore. Mm. So it is something to be worried about. This is something that all the political parties will be concerned about. But per se, I don't think they have much of a political standing in southern Punjab. Right. And finally, what are sort of the pressure points that we have against an outfit like JEM? <laughs> what can we do against the Jesh? Except something covert? Hmm. Nothing. But as you said, for example, they have, they are not an an outfit like LED, which has been a monolith. Uh-huh. So there would be some uh, splits within the JEM also, which might come up, right? Yes, but that is for Pakistan to use if they're hmm. serious about countering of containing these type of forces. Right. If they're not serious, it is our battle. We have to look at hmm. ways and means to take on the Jaish. And I'm sure the government is looking at it. Yeah. That's not an area I'd like to speculate. So, uh, thanks, Mr. Rani. Your last answer was like a true RNAW officer. <laughs> thanks a lot. Thank you.